The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Tuesday, February 11th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and uh, excited to go over this five-game slate. Uh, I know a lot of people feel like that five-six game slate is the perfect slate to crush it, and it you know you got to be confident going in. So. I'm excited to uh, go over this with you. Also, thank you for the the well wishes. I got quite a few tweets yesterday because I was hacking and coughing on the show here with this cold that I've got. Uh, but I am definitely feeling like I'm on the mend here today. But thank you for the the well wishes. It, it's very appreciated. Um, all right. Uh, we do have five games. We're going to go over them as we normally do. I'll go over the player news. Uh, as I promised yesterday, uh, we were going to do two uh, other statistical look look-ins, one on usage and one on defense uh, by position and rankings per team that way. I uh, wanted to uh, just give a few more looks into uh, – you know, what I do to, to sort of build my lineup to give our listeners a, a better idea of, of some of the places you can go and some of the things that you can look at, look at that really help. Um, so we'll, I will continue to do that on the solo shows since, you know, they generally will go a little bit faster. It allows uh, uh, some time for me to uh, get some of that information in there. Um, all right, before we get started, I want to uh, thank our presenting sponsor, MyBookie. Go to mybookie.ag and put in the promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, and they will give you half of your first deposit uh, for free. So if you put in 2000 bucks, the max that they can will give you is 1000 or if you just want to mess around in there and put even 50 bucks in, you get $25 free. So... It's a great site, uh, very quick payouts, great customer service, so very highly recommend uh, mybookie.ag. Also, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. They, as you know, yesterday I was taking my uh, coffee breaks to take a sip here and there to get through the show, so that was a big plus. Appreciate them. Um, I, you, know, you can look them up online at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh, or just jump on Amazon, three clicks, and the package is at your front door with the famous Andrew Handsome Hansen gold clip on it. There you go. All right, man, here we go. Injuries, news, player news for the day. Uh, Five-game slate, so it's not like 80 million guys like we've had on some of these monster slates. So it's actually fairly reasonable today. Um, first one, Darius Baisley, the uh, promising young rookie for Oklahoma City, is uh, out. He is hurt. Denzel Valentine, uh, he is doubtful. Uh, 25% chance to play, so I would count him out more than likely against the Wizards today. Uh, Daniel Gafford, however, is probable, so he will uh, more than likely get some run in there. <clears throat> May take a few minutes away from uh, Cornette. 
and some of the other bigs, uh, Felicio, that, that they've been running out there. Uh, Thomas Sadaransky Sater- is probable. Uh, Zach Levine is probable. So those guys should be in. Uh, Mario Hazonia is out, and he gets to be my guy of the day to say, if you're playing Mario Hazonia, you need to find a new hobby. Uh, Anthony Simmons is probable. So that may cut in a little bit to Gary Trent Jr., who's sort of been trending as a fun guy to take off the bench uh, for the guard spot for Portland. But with Simon's back, that could muddy that up just a little bit. Um, Nazir Little is still out. The rookie uh, from North Carolina is out for Portland. Uh, The biggest one on the board is Brandon Ingram questionable. Uh, that is going to be the news that's really big because <clears throat> that shuffles that entire game. Uh, that New Orleans-Portland game is a sweet-looking game as it is, uh, but uh, we really need to know how that right ankle's going, um, and we'll see if he goes through sh- uh, shoot-around. As I mentioned yesterday, uh, the NBA does a 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central uh, sort of update on all of in all of the injury status and how people did through shoot arounds in the morning so we'll uh we'll be watching this brandon brandon ingram news very closely uh pat bev remains out with a right groin strain so you know that's important clippers news jalen brown is probable um it looks like he will play again for poor uh for boston against the rockets tonight that's going to be a fun game uh good news for zion williamson he has already been ruled in uh his left ankle's fine and he's going to be ready to give it a go tonight against portland uh and then our man eric gordon the sharpshooter remains out uh with his injury and that game against boston tonight so that does uh, change a little bit um, uh, for for the matchup in that game. All right, um, that is all the news, so it's not too bad, really. I mean, we can finally sort of at least get some semblance of a lineup together prior to uh, late afternoon. Uh, really, other than Ingram, um, which is important, it's not like we're waiting on five, six, seven guys uh, like we have in the past. All right, let's uh, talk briefly here about uh, usage because I'll tell you that is whenever you're doing uh, your research to put your lineups together, this is just a fantastic tool to look at. And you can look at it in multiple ways. You can just look up flat out just the usage numbers, which tells, you know, really everything you need to know. The the better the usage uh, for DFS-wise the better off you're going to be because they're handling the ball, they're shooting it more, they're distributing it more, rebounding it more, et cetera, et cetera. So um, those numbers are important. You can also look them up uh, for specific situations like on basketballreference.com. If you go there, uh, there's you can drill down and see, for example, what is the usage for Milwaukee when Giannis is off the floor? And it, it shows you the big jump ups. Uh, and that's important to know, you know, if Middleton's getting the ball a whole lot more, a lot more usage when Giannis is out, uh, or is it Bledsoe or is it Brolo? Actually, it's actually Middleton. If you look through, through that, gets the biggest bump. 
and then Bledsoe is second. Sometimes it's odd because, uh, for example, the one that I caught me the, the most off guard this year when I looked it up is when AD sits, LeBron uh, doesn't go up very much in usage. Everybody thinks if AD's out, LeBron skyrockets, uh, but that's not the case because he delivers the ball so much to AD specifically. Uh, it, it skews those numbers. Now, in the inverse part, uh, if Davis is out, LeBron's number skyrockets. So it, it's the opposite effect there. But the reason I say that is you need to know that kind of information, not just for the studs you know that I just mentioned, but for those mid-level guys, you know, the, the guys that end up, you know, possibly breaking state uh, slates at times, the on an Ananobis and the Akogis and all of them like that, those guys that are middle guys that can do well or do really poorly, it's important to look at usage to see when they, uh, who's on the floor or off the floor. So I'm going to go through real quickly just to give everybody a reminder when you're spending the big salary on these guys that it's really worth it. So I'm going to go over the top 20 uh, usage players in the league right now uh, based on statistics through last night's games. And I'm going to round round up or down to the closest number so it makes it easier to go through it. Uh, Giannis is number one at 38%. Luka is 37%, so he's second. And I and Harden is actually third at 36.5%, and which is very big news because Harden has been number one on this list for I believe four consecutive years, just on a very, very consistent basis. So the fact that he's not number one in usage this season is pretty uh, surprising. But all of that has to do obviously with teams running doubles at him a lot. And the fact that James Harden, or I'm sorry, uh, Russell Westbrook is on the floor with him. Uh, that's that's massive. Um, so just an interesting note there, though. Trey Young is fourth at 35, and Russell Westbrook is fifth. So you've got 36 and 34% usage. So 70% of the time, it's either Harden or Westbrook with usage for the Rockets. That's pretty stout for two guys uh, on one team. You very, very rarely see that. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you have to go back quite a ways to see uh, that much of a discrepancy with uh, two guys. Um, sixth is Kawhi uh, at 34, Bradley Beal at 33, Joel Embiid at 32, Zach Levine, 31, LeBron James is 10th at 31, Donovan Mitchell, 11th at 31. Derrick Rose, believe it or not, 12th at also 31. So he, Derrick Rose gets as much usage with Detroit as LeBron James does with the Lakers. See, these, it's important to look at these stats because they're stunning at times. You can't, it's very surprising. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, who's now with Minnesota, so we'll see if this number changes. He's at 31. Then Dame at 30 and a half. Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously, with Kai. When Kyrie's in there, this will really go down, but he's still at 30. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, just under 30, as well as Devin Booker. And there's Anthony Davis sitting 18th at 29. So uh, very interesting uh, that, that he's uh, down that low. Uh, a lot of people think he'd be up higher. 
Pascal Siakam is 29, and then rounding out the top 20 is Cat at 29. So obviously all big names, but definitely some surprises in there. Uh, but just, you know, my goal with that was just to give you a little heads up and just something that's really important uh, to get in there and review. Okay, let's take a quick look at, uh, we'll just do the top five and bottom five at each position for team defense versus position. Uh, this is a massive, massive thing I look at as well every single day. Uh, and, you know, it's it's part of the reason I think I've had uh, even more success because I've stood by, you know, some of these stands very uh, strongly. And, for example, uh, you know, if you see my lineups or you hear me talking about people, I constantly play guards against the Cleveland Cavaliers because they do not have a defensive backcourt player uh, that is worth beans. I mean, they are not good defensively. Uh, they don't put an effort in. They're inexperienced. And even average guards uh, seem to have break-the-slate kind of performances against them. So, and the stats don't lie, you know, and so we're, we'll look at point guard. Uh, right now, the worst in the league against the point guard, Cleveland Cavaliers. Second worst is Golden State Warriors. Then the Portland Trailblazers, which is always great to target because as great as Dame and, and uh, CJ are, they don't defend uh, well at all. Uh, fourth is the Phoenix Suns. We know uh, Rubio Booker, very, very average. And then Washington Wizards. Uh, Beal actually is last right now for shooting guards defensively uh, in the entire league, which people uh, I don't think really realize that he does not defend well whatsoever. And part of the reason they're in the bottom fives because they they had Isaiah Thomas, uh, who is you know one of the worst defenders in history at the point guard. Uh, he's no longer in the league. Um, as I think I predicted on here multiple times that he was done and on the way out and people were, were still rostering him. It, it blew my mind. Okay. Let's, let's take a look at the other end of the spectrum here. The, the best five, uh, defensively number five is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, a lot of that is those guards, Brunson, right? They, the guys they bring in, they get after it. Orlando magic, which, uh, says a lot for, the rookie there, uh, he does a great job. Miami Heat is the third best. Uh, you know, their whole defensive scheme is so outstanding. Celtics are second, which is to be expected with Smart and company there. Uh, but the best defensive uh, defense against point guards is uh, the Chicago Bulls. So uh, hats off to Sadoransky, Dunn, and, and the whole team there. All right, shooting guards. Let's buzz through there. Worst five, Washington Wizards are the worst. Then the Memphis Grizzlies, second to worst. Golden State Warriors, third. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, fourth, which is rough because Trey Young's not good either, and, and their shooting guard, Herter, whoever it is, is not defending well. So backcourts against Atlanta may be the second best thing to Cleveland. And then uh, shooting guards, fifth, is uh, Houston worst because obviously we know Harden has some woes at that position. Uh, the countdown uh, the other direction from fifth to first as far as the best against shooting guards 
You've got the Los Angeles Lakers, which is to be expected with Danny Green, Avery Bradley. That whole group's fantastic. Then the Denver Nuggets, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, which says a lot for Shea. Uh, you know, with Shea and Paul in the backcourt, they, they defend. Uh, Utah Jazz, second best. And the Philadelphia 76ers are number one. Uh, I think a combination of Jay Rich and uh, Thibel when he plays that spot, etc., really pumps them up. All right, small forward. Worst five. Uh, the worst is the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, you're seeing a trend here. Atlanta doesn't defend. Second uh, worst, Cleveland Cavaliers, another target team. Uh, this is disconcerting. Third worst is the Dallas Mavericks, which is very surprising because Dorian Finney-Smith is supposed to be a defensive stopper. And, you know, uh, Rick Carlisle is a analytics and stats guru. He lives by them. And uh, I was wondering why the Mavericks made a move yesterday and they uh, – cut uh, Brokoff, and they picked up Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. And this is why. Uh, you know, he, he plays that three. He can play a little two defensively, maybe even a little four, but he's mainly a, a, a three defender. And, you know, everybody thinks Finney Smith's the shutdown guy. Well, they're third worst in the league against small forwards. So there's a lot to be said in, in statistics. And obviously Carlisle saw the same thing. Uh, Kid Gilchrist is terrible offensively, but he's a terrific defender, shutdown defender, especially going against a good three or four. You know, he can guard the Paul Georges or even LeBron James if he has to. So anyway, uh, that that's a, a good statistical look there. Uh, fourth worst is the Toronto Raptors and fifth worst San Antonio Spurs. Interesting. Uh, the five best, going from five to one, we've got the Utah Jazz. They seem to play good defense in every aspect of the game. The Thunder again, so we're seeing that theme, shutdown theme on the perimeter for the Thunder. Third best, Boston Celtics, of course, with Tatum and Brown and the whole crew that, that plays at the, that small forward spot. Denver Nuggets, good shutdown team. And then the best in the league is the Indiana Pacers. So, you know, hats off to T.J. Warren uh, and uh, the other guys, Justin Holiday and such, to play the three for them. And it amazes me. I still I tell, tell the story. People don't believe me, though. But T.J. Warren was, was traded from Phoenix to uh, Indiana, and they gave Indiana their second-round pick to take T.J. Warren from them. So they literally gave up. Talk about getting somebody for nothing and you get a pick as well just because they wanted to open up cap space. And and T.J. Warren has been solid this year. He scores. And obviously, right now, the small four position is the best defended in the league, uh, mainly by him. So bizarre league sometimes, man. All right, let's buzz through these last two. Power forward, uh, the five worst, or uh, yes, worst are the Chicago Bulls. We know their interior defense has been terrible. Portland Trailblazers, hello, Carmelo. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, again, I, they don't defend anything. Uh, let's just face it. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, 
they let uh, they bought out uh, Super Marv there. Old Man Marv is now gone, but PJ Washington struggles there. He gets in foul trouble, etc. And then this is sort of a surprise: the Memphis Grizzlies. And a lot of that is because Triple J's in foul trouble 99% of the time, and uh, Clark's a rookie, et cetera. So they got some growth to do on that side. Uh, the top five against the power forward position, Brooklyn Nets, which is somewhat surprising. Oklahoma City Thunder again. So they're, you know, somebody to fear on the lockdown side. Uh, the Sixers, because we know, you know, Horford and Embiid do such a fine job in the paint. Second best is the Lakers. Hello, Anthony Davis. I think he'll be the defensive player of the year if he stays healthy. And the very best against power forwards in the league, Sacramento Kings. Now, if you would have guessed that, uh, challenge somebody to guess who was the best defense in the league against the power forward, you could have won a lot of beers on that Sacramento bet. All right, last one. Centers, five worst in the league. The Washington Wizards, with their conglomeration of all the guys they've used at center with all their injuries. Charlotte Hornets, we know they've been had lots of problems with Zeller. They tried a little Biombo. Uh, it's just sort of a mess there. The Bulls, uh, again, haven't really had a center in place all year. And then, you know, for the last two, three years, I've always targeted centers against Brooklyn. Uh, I thought that would improve this year because Allen's not a good defender and DeAndre Jordan has been his whole career, but they're still fourth worst. So it's still, you can still target bigs against Brooklyn. They just, you know, whatever their scheme is, Atkinson's scheme is, they just don't get it done. And then obviously the Atlanta Hawks, they sweep the board in all terrible defense as their fifth worst, even against centers. Five best against centers in the NBA. Your New York Knicks. Go figure. I guess Mitch Robb coming off the bench shuts everybody down. And old man Taj Gibson still got it defensively. Fourth is the Lakers. We know they defend well with their trio of bigs in there. Philadelphia, of course, I think Embiid to me is first team uh, or second team defensive player uh, when he's given his effort. Uh, second best is Toronto, the combination of Gasol and Ibaka that uh, helped them win a championship last year, still defending well. And the best of the league, Mr. Vuk and Mr. Bomba, the Orlando Magic, are tops in the league. So do not target centers against those boys. Okay, uh, hope you enjoyed that info, a little insight into my brain, my preparation, what I'm looking at, you know, what's important in my opinion. Uh, if you have any questions, comments on that stuff, uh, tweet me. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-T-I. Okay, five-game slate. Let's hit it. Uh, the first game, 7 o'clock, Chicago Bulls at the Washington Wizards. Wizards are a three-point favorite. Very unusual that they're favorite. And we have uh, 230 and a half total. Uh, the totals are big tonight. So even though it's a five-game slate, you're still going to need big numbers to take some stuff down. This isn't uh, the old school, you know, tough pricing, for example, like on FanDuel, where you could score 300 and feel good about it. You know, even in a five-game set like that, like this, you're going to need 
380 to 400, I think, tonight uh, to take something down. Uh, it's just, you know, 400 is the, the old 300 is really what it comes down to and because of the soft pricing. Um, so as far as this game goes, you know, you've got uh, the, the 230.5 total, 117 implied for the Wizards, 114 for the Bulls. Um, you know, we obviously on both sides of the ball, the main guy, Beal and Levine, both have to be in play because uh, they both can score lights out. They both don't particularly like to play any defense. Uh, they're not very cheap, but uh, I think they're both, you know, the first spot you have to go to on both teams without question. Uh, the rest of the Bulls, it's just too much of a mishmash for me. I know Sato and Dunn have done pretty good, and that's fine, but they, Kobe gets in there as well, and, you know, their bigs are just a, a massive disaster. You don't even touch those guys right now. Um, you know, but if you play Young or Cornette or Felicio or Gafford, don't please don't play those four guys. Um, so, you know, Levine, Beal, I'm real comfortable with both of those guys. Uh, I'm still steering away, like I said yesterday on the uh, or the day before on the whole Ish Smith Napier split at point for Washington. Not real comfortable there. Um, Hashimura is good, man. He I rostered him last time. He's getting more minutes, seems like, each time he plays. I think Hashimura is very viable in a game like this uh, as his role increases. Um, so I will definitely consider him. Uh, you know, some of the guys to me have gone a little bit uh, on the wayside now. I'm not real excited for like a Troy Brown uh, or guys like that. You've got uh, Mo Wagner back. Uh, Brian's trying to play a little bit. You've got, uh, you know, there's just a lot of guys in there needing minutes right now uh, and some new guys that they picked up. So for me, uh, I can see myself coming out of this game, uh, you know, really with with the main guys of Levine Beal and Hashimura. All right, game two, 7 o'clock game as well. It's the Clippers at the Sixers. Clippers are a one-point favorite. Uh, it is a 224 and a half total, 113 for the Clippers, 111 and a half for the Sixers. Um, interesting game, you know, Clippers being a one point road favorite at Philly. Uh, Philly definitely has some internal issues that no one's really mentioning much. So we don't know exactly what's going there, going on there. We know. Uh, you know, Embiid got a little frustrated the other night and sort of shooshed the crowd to be quiet after he did something good because they had been booing a little bit. So that's starting to get a little ugly there. For me, I've been on this bandwagon since a month into the season. I think Brown, Brett Brown, is an, a terrible coach. I'm sorry for those folks out there that are Sixers fans or Brown fans, but the dude has an absolutely horrific winning percentage. So I get it. You know, he was part of the rebuild, trust the process thing. So everybody gave him a pass. But, you know, for a guy that had won 16% of his games for two seasons, that to remain and then not be able to really be advancing this Sixers team after they have one of the highest payrolls in the league, I think. And to me, you have to start looking at the coach, and uh, that's that's the first place 
that that I point. And you know, being an ex-coach, I know the pressures, and I don't usually uh, call out a coach unless I think they're just you know not doing the a good job. And for me, he's just not doing a good job. I think if they had, you know, if they had a, a Nick Nurse there or if they had uh, Eric Spolsker or something, I think the Sixers would be a completely different uh, situation. So it is what it is. But as far as that game goes, you know, Embiid against uh, the centers at, uh, for the Clippers is certainly a play. You know, Embiid is fired up and putting some numbers up. So he's got to be in consideration for your starting center tonight. I know he's costly, so you got to look at it from that side of the coin, but I think he'll uh, do a good job uh, against the Clippers, and it should be a very close game throughout. Um, on the Clippers side, you know, you've got the duo uh, both of Kawhi and George, so you certainly can go to one of those two guys if you want to uh, really have some balance with if you have Joel on the other side. Um, after that, though, you know, I, I know that uh, there's going to be a little shuffling at the guard spot with Pat Bev out, but nobody that I think is worth uh, really rostering at this point. I don't think this is the, a, a good spot for Lou Will or Harrell off the bench. I've been on those guys a lot, but Philly defends well, um, and, and they do have – uh, the Richardsons and Thibbles and that all back. So um, I'm not going to look at any of the ancillary plays in this game. Uh, I definitely would like to get him beat in there. I got to make sure salary wise that I can. Um, and I very well may pass on the Clippers, uh, but would, would favor uh, if possible playing George, I think over Kawhi in this uh, situation. Now I did read something this morning saying Philly might bring Horford off the bench. So I don't know how that's going to play out. I'm going to do a little bit more research because that could change things for me. Uh, why the hell they'd want to do it here when they need him defensively against uh, Kawhi or uh, maybe they don't think he, he's uh, quick enough to guard Kawhi and with Kawhi George and George playing, maybe they're going to start another, uh, defender, they think it's a little bit more mobile. Maybe that's why the Horford news is coming out, or else Brown's just trying to, you know, find reasons uh, to to move or change things up. So we'll see. But follow the news on that one. It's important uh, to see, you know, what that rotation is going to look like. And the great thing is that's an early start, so we'll know 30 minutes before at least who the lineup, or we should, you know, 30 minutes before. There were a lot of people that got burned yesterday. I was one of them. Uh, DeRozan was crushing absolutely positively no news whatsoever anywhere about the fact that he could sit. He was he sat out. And then uh, there was another player that like one minute to uh, lock that, that screwed over a lot of people. So it's not foolproof. I don't know why the hell they don't all do late swap because all it does is hurt the industry. You get rewarded or penalized for knowing your stuff and can't change it because of the late lock is gone. Now you can late lock on, uh, there's a, a chain you can switch on uh, DraftKings and Yahoo, but FanDuel not anymore this season, uh, nor fantasy draft. So that, that really hurts, but, uh, that's where we are there. Um, a couple things I wanted to remind everybody, they 
can listen to us seven days a week, wherever uh, podcasts are found. Search Hoopball NBA DFS or just NBA DFS, and you're going to find us. We are high on the list, so just a couple clicks there of that information, and we're going to pop up. You'll see our uh, presented by Hoopball DFS Today logo. Uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Everywhere you can find podcasts, we are there. Our only ask every show, because you know we're in front of every paywall, we're free content. Uh, our big ask every day is that you take a second or two to rate, review, and subscribe. Click the alarm uh, so that you know when our pods uh, are posting. And, you know, just five stars. If you're if you're on iTunes, likes, thumbs up on YouTube, any pod, couple of positive word uh, reviews are all super appreciated, and they help us continue to uh, really work with Hoopball to keep this seven-day-a-week coverage uh, free and uh, – and out there to you uh, consistently. So we appreciate that. You can also, uh, as part of the three-step process that we talk about all the time, you know, listen to this show in the morning uh, for the days that I do it myself. I like to do it uh, late morning so I can get more uh, lines and player news. So you want to listen to that at lunch break or during the afternoon. And then secondly, you want to follow all the news throughout the day as things develop and change, that's super important. I would recommend doing that uh, by uh, checking out our four pros on Twitter. You already have mine at Joe Sarvati. And you have Mike's at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Andrew is at Language Olympic. And Miles is at Miles, M-Y-L-E-S, 6565. So look us up there. You can also go to hoop-ball.com. Uh, click on forums in the DFS thread, and you will see our man Andy Gallagher's putting all kinds of information in there throughout the day, scratches, lines, etc. So keep up to date all on all of that. And then that third step, like I always tell everybody, get in front of your computer, your laptop, your phone, whatever it is that you set your lineups and look up at the news on that last 30 minutes before lock. So on the East Coast, 6.30 to 7.00. You know, whether it's at your desk or if you're already home or if you have to pull off at a Starbucks and and uh, t- a look at it, you know, don't set those lineups unless you're looking at that last 30 minutes because you don't want to take a goose. Like yesterday, I was I had a decent line going with the DeRozan scratch, you know, just destroyed me. Now, that wasn't couldn't be helped by anybody. All of us that had DeRozan, you're just down the, the tubes. There is always a possibility of that happening. Uh, it's the only zero, though, that I've taken uh, through, this is the truth, through Summer League, through FIBA, through preseason, and regular season thus far. All the way through, this is only the second time I've taken a zero. So you can sniff all of this news out almost all the time. Uh, and, you know, it's important that you get that here at the end of each day. So, Okay, we have uh, three games remaining. We have an 8 o'clock game at the Portland Trailblazers at the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are a three-point favorite. Uh, The total is the highest on the board, a big fat 240. Uh, Implied 121.5 for the Pelicans, 118.5 for Portland. So this will be the highest played game, uh, and deservedly so. Uh, You know, it's, it's eight points higher 
of a total than anybody else. You've got two teams that struggle greatly on defense and two teams that have some really good stars. Um, for the Pelican side, we know that we have to watch the Ingram news. That's massive. Uh, you know, I think Zion is in play tonight, whether Brandon Ingram plays or not. If he doesn't play, then you almost have to play Ingram and Drew Holiday as well. I think those guys are all strongly in play uh, tonight and must all be uh, greatly considered. On the Portland side, of course, Dane has to be uh, a huge guy that you look at. Uh, his price is high, but you know he has consistently smashed it. I think you can also look uh, to CJ and uh, even Carmelo a little bit, although he's gotten very inconsistent lately. And then, of course, uh, you know, I think the big fella Whiteside is a, a terrific play. Uh, if you're not going to go Embiid uh, at center or if you can play multiple bigs, uh, you know, I think the Embiid-Whiteside duo would be outstanding because uh, I think Whiteside will see uh, a lot of opportunity. I mean, there's going to be multiple uh, more uh, possessions in this game than normal just because of the pace of play by both teams and the lack of defense. Uh, and and neither shoots a great percentage, believe it or not, uh, so it does allow for a lot more rebounds. So I think, you know, if you're playing somewhere like FanDuel where you have nine players, I think you pretty much almost need exposure to three or four of them uh, in this game just because of all of the DFS points that are going to be available. So uh, the guys I mentioned, and you could even go a little deeper uh, if you want, and then we just have to wait on the Ingram news uh, as well. I think ball may even come into play, uh, or if you want to try to shoot lower, if uh, Ingram's out, even a Josh Hart uh, becomes playable. Okay, uh, game four, 8 o'clock, Spurs, Thunder. Thunder, eight-point favorite. That's the biggest spread. The other four games are all three points or less, so we shouldn't have that blowout fear of yesterday. And by the way, if you remember on yesterday's show, my concern about those last two games were the blowout potential and, you know, it happened. So that does affect things. So you got to take that into consideration uh, sometimes. And a lot of times it doesn't work out, but you got to at least weigh that into the equation without question. Um, again, the Thunder eight point favorite, lowest total, 219 and a half, 114 implied for the Thunder. 106 for the Spurs. Uh, you know, not not really the game to target, in my opinion, obviously. Uh, you know, but not a game that you completely have to avoid. I think that uh, Shea uh, is in play. I think Gallo uh, is in play as well on the Thunder side. Um, you know, Schroeder has done fantastic off the bench for them. And, uh, you know, you can even... Really look at uh, uh, Chris Paul. I mean, he has played consistently throughout the season. And, and you know, the, the problem is some of those pricings are a little bit high. And so you got to uh, you, you got to be careful with, uh, you know, salary with some of the other guys. So um, on the Spurs side of the ball, uh, obviously, we don't know what the deal is with DeRozan completely from missing yesterday, so you sure as hell can bet I'm not going to play him tonight. But we need to find out. I'll dig in and find out some more what the deal is with DeRozan. Aldridge had a good game. 
Um, after that, I just I don't like playing Spurs. We know the Thunder also plays great defense. So the chance of me having a Spur tonight, uh, not just because of the burn last night, but I just don't think that they're a good play uh, in this matchup whatsoever. So uh, I could grab a Thunder player uh, depending on salary fit and build, but this is probably going to be my least exposed game of the night. All right, last game. It is definitely officially a late-night sweat game. It's an hour and a half later than all the other games at 9.30. It's the Celtics at the Rockets, so it's also a very interesting game. Uh, the Mighty Might Rockets, the little tiny dudes, um, are minus two uh, favorites against the Celtics, which is very interesting. Uh, very healthy 232 total, which is second highest on the board. 117 implied for the Rockets, 115 for Boston. So this game definitely is calling for uh, some people to be played. Um, tons of options here. You know, depending on how you're going to play your salary, uh, you know, for me, I don't want to play whoever Marcus Smart is guarding. And I would assume that's going to be James Harden. Um, that would be my assumption. So I would lean more towards Westbrook in this game. Um, I don't think I'm going to probably roster either, to be honest, because of the big salaries I'm looking at earlier in the, in the night with like the Beals and Embiid's and possibly Dame. Um, so I think, you know, you got to look at that. Uh, there are some other rockets that you can play at cheaper price, especially with Gordon out. Um, you know, you can consider House, Tucker, Macklemore, um, you know, guys like that are certainly able to squeeze some, some value out for you. Uh, but Boston's pretty solid on D, even though this totals 232. Uh, I think Boston will probably try to play smaller since they'll be able to, to do that. They love to play uh, small, small ball with either, either Tatum or Grant Williams or one of those guys at the big and just not even have to mess with Tice and, uh, and Cantor sometimes uh, if they want to get in the flow. So that's also part of the reason why those guys are in question for me with Boston. I'm not going to go to any Boston bigs of any sort because they may be played off the floor with, with Houston speed. Uh, so I'm, I'm Boston wise. I think it's it's your usual suspects you have to consider, and I think you have to consider uh, all four of them, and that's uh, uh, Kemba, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum, uh, and even Marcus Smart because he's going to be on the floor to to shut down either uh, Harden or Westbrook. So all five of those guys can be considered. I think they're going to all get good run. Uh, you know, the downside of it on the usage side, as you know, as you know, we went through that top 20. They don't have anybody even sniffing the top 20. Boston spreads it around and a lot of guys contribute. Uh, Tatum's been their best player, best producer and TFS points recently. Kemba throws in some big games as well. You know, consistency with, with uh, Hayward's been a little bit erratic, but Really, any of those guys are playable, uh, you know, especially against Houston with an up, a pace-up game like this. Uh, I think you can consider them all. So I know that doesn't narrow it down very much, but, I, you know, this this isn't the, the show that we 
choose our line. If this is the show that we try to look at the whole big picture, start building that initial skeleton lineup of guys uh, that, and see who we want to target, what we want to do there. So uh, hopefully that gives you a good start on the day. It's uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, so that's not bad that we have all of the player news up until now and uh, all the correct spreads and totals. And that should give you a good start to your build. Uh, I'm excited for tonight. There's, I, I like normally bigger slates, but because this slate has so many great stars in it, uh, with the big Clippers guys and Rockets guys, and you know the Dames and Beals and all this, uh, I think it's going to make for a terrific night. I think you're going to see, like I say, you know that 400 number uh, pushed, uh, you know, to, to take some big stuff down. But you know, don't always shoot for the the sky trying to hit the hundred grand. You know, with the the, the perfect uh, nuts lineup. Uh, you know, play the 50-50s, play the head to heads. You know, I always preach that because I'm a cash player, but I just think that's a good way to build your bankroll. I mean, I love taking shots too, and I and I do jump into some of those GPPs as well. But you know, if you just shoot for the moon, I, I look at it like this: if if you're just playing like the couple of contests that can win you the really, really big money where there's thousands and thousands of people in there, um, you know, it's hard to maintain uh, and win. It really is. It's, it's almost like playing the lottery. You know, you're going for the big giant hit, but the likeliness of you hitting it is very slim. But, you know, if you could play the daily, daily lottery every day, and it, only one of two numbers was going to be drawn, one or two, and you chose, you either took one or two, you know 50% of the time you're going to win. And, you know, that's a, certainly a lot better than the point zero 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 five percent chance that you have to win one of the big contests. So build up your bankroll with the cash, in my opinion. And, you know, for those mass entry players that are, fantasy crunch and everything and max entering the 150s and all that i get it and go for it but you know for the common guys out there like me that are playing this uh even though i play a little higher stakes than most people i still say you need to balance it and build that bankroll stay ahead of the game because if you're behind and chasing and pushing and and playing over your head and getting in contests just to hit the big giant win uh you're setting yourself up for disaster if you want to be you know have longevity playing uh in this industry yeah yeah it can be a hobby yeah it can be fun but you know don't play the guys just because they're players that are on your year-long fantasy league or they play on your favorite team or they're going to be a nationally televised game that you can watch you've got to wash all of that away look at that specific slate that day Look at all of some of, you know, the information that I'm telling you to look up and then all whatever you already have in mind to look look to. And then build your best roster regardless of any of those other dynamics. And and play some cash, some double ups, some 50-50, some head-to-heads. Uh, and build that pool. And then, you know, you could play a little bit bigger on the GPPs when, when the, the, uh, they have some bigger contests with good payouts and look for the flatter payouts as well. You know, some of these contests, you know, you pay $12 to get in or whatever, and you think it's awesome, but there's 3000 people in it. 
And if you finish 50th out of 3,000, you get $20 for your 12. I mean, it's just not sensible. So, you know, look for the, the payout processes in a lot of them. Uh, the, all of them are on there. Every contest, you can drill down and see how the payout is. And, and look for some things that, that have a little bit better payout structure, in my opinion, uh, if you want to maintain, stay profitable, and, and not feel stressed about it going forward. All right. We've done it. It is 11-11. That's a great sign. Four ones. We're going to finish first four in four contests tonight. That's what I'm going to say from here. So, listen, thank you very much for joining me for another episode of Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my other three pros here at Hoopball, Mike, Andrew, and Miles, I am Coach. We will look to catch you again tomorrow when we crush it in NBA DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.